Well, hello, gorgeous, and welcome to Unapologetically Ann. I am Ann Fisher, an Oklahoma girl that has never been afraid to dream big. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coffee fanatic, and a self-made millionaire. Every week here, you're gonna discover mind-opening topics on business and family, how to smush them together and make them work, beauty tips, and self-development to help you become your best self and to live an unapologetic life. I love your faces. Let's get started. Well, hello, Glam fam. I hope today finds you fabulous and sassy, all the good things that you should be. <laughs> So this is Ann Fisher and I am the host of Unapologetically Ann and I am coming at you today with a big old bold topic starting over after 40. So wow that could cover a lot of things and we're going to take a deep dive into what that meant for me, what it could mean for you and some tips and tricks to help you make maybe something that you're mulling over a hard decision something that's a little easier decision. So strap in, because here we go. Starting over after 40. For me, that meant, gosh, everything. Everything changed at, you know, the swing of 40. And I talked about that on a couple of my previous episodes, but I really wanted to dive into that topic just by itself. Because being a body positive model and being a age positive model, and by model, I don't mean like, ooh, ooh, I'm a fashion model. I just mean somebody that is really trying to implement that in my life and encourage others to do the same. Because I really want to be a voice in that industry and in that realm. It's so important because... It can make or break who you are and how much you love yourself. Like self-love is a thing and, and it's something we have to work on every single day. And <clears throat> I think it's easier to find more criticism with yourself once that, that clock swings over 40. I don't know how many of you can relate to that, but I feel like that was one of the hardest decade shifts I had, which is crazy, but it is. And I can remember a friend of mine who was 80 at the time said uh, that she wished she could just go back to her 40s. And here I was struggling with being in them. And she's like, oh, I wish I could go back to them. From her perspective, now I get what she was saying. You know, but at the time I was like, man, 40s has not been anything fun for me. I can tell you that, chica. Uh, it was definitely a traumatic time in my life. So for those of you that don't know my story, you know, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I didn't pursue a college education. I dove into marriage and a family and, and have never regretted that decision. And I always uh, just, you know, felt like I wasn't really qualified necessarily to go get a high-paying job, but I didn't really want to. Like, I wanted to be a mama and a wife, and I was happy with that, and my husband was happy with that, so that's what we did. But I always tried to supplement our income in one way or another working from home. So I've always had an entrepreneurial mind. My daddy is an entrepreneur uh, and he, you know, very successful painting contractor in the North Central Valley for many years, like one of the best painting contractors in the entire valley. His reputation was unequaled. And so 
I had a good role model, very good role model. And from, oh gosh, (laughs) craft fairs and painting on t-shirts and uh, making flower arrangements and sewing little scarecrows, that was the craft era, man, the 80s and 90s. That was the time where craft shows were abundant and all the handmade things, everybody wanted all the things. And so I dabbled in all of that. And as I got a little older and I really needed to find something that would be somewhat of a significant income because Mr. Fisher and I did not get along when it came to money. Just going to leave that there. Um, We always kind of fussed and argued. We just were different. And so I worked really hard to build from the ground up a candle company that I could just earn. It started out just to earn a little extra money and it grew and grew that it, you know, it was a true American cottage industry and it really grew. We, we grew into almost a million dollar business company when I finally stepped away from it because it just got too big. And I, you know, was getting away from what my goals were, which was to be a mama and a wife. And it it had just taken so much of my time. And so in stepping away, the people that we opted to sell to ended up um, in my opinion, double crossing us and things went very south, left us holding a very large ticket. And without all the drama llama, I will just say we ended up owing a lot of money that we could not pay back on my husband's, you know, income. And so we had to do a bankruptcy. We chose to do a bankruptcy that was where we could at least try to pay back our creditors. And so we did that for seven years. And I have an episode where I talk about this. So if you want to go back and listen to that, please do. I talk a little more in detail of it. But where that left us was desolate. Like, I mean, utterly to the ground, one of the most desperate places I've ever been in my life because I I feared for my marriage. I feared for so many things. And that was right before I turned 40. Like I was 37, 38 years old, right around that time. When all of that happened, and then I was staring down the door of 40, which for some reason was a traumatic age for me, like changing over. And I don't know if that had to do with the fact that my life felt so unstable and unsteady. Like every day was a battle to get up. We, you know, I had massive depression. I had massive anxiety. I had massive self-hate, like so much self-hatred. How could I let this happen? I cost my family so much. You know, it was a oh, it was a super tough time, and I wouldn't go back to live through that again for all the money in the world. I just wouldn't. I learned so much. I'll say that, and our marriage survived by God's grace, and that took a lot of prayer and a lot of work, but it was worth fighting for every single day. And I did. I fought tooth and nail for my marriage. I fought tooth and nail for my sanity, for my mental health, uh, and and so. In the midst of all of that, just trying to figure out how we were going to make life work because we had, when you do a reorganization bankruptcy, you have to pay on your debt. And so we lost everything, our vehicles, we lost everything, but then we had to pay this debt each month and the price was steep. And I mean, I'm talking steep and I had no income because my company had folded and, and, you know, we had turned it over to these people who ran it into the ground and like did just horrible, horrible things. And, um, in my opinion, just, it was, they just did horrible things. And so it left us not only owing the tab, but I didn't have an income and I had been matching my husband's income and then some. And so what do you do? (laughs) What do you do? Like I tried house cleaning for builders, you know, doing new home cleans and 
let me tell you, hats off to the ladies and the men that do that. That is some hard dang work. And I did that for quite a while, made a little bit of income, uh, but not a lot. And so I was really at a place in my life, I was starting over. I felt like I, I was completely starting over, like I had to start from ground zero. And I never expected to have to do that after 20 years of marriage, 21 years of marriage. Like I can remember celebrating my 20th anniversary and we were miserable. Like we went to dinner and we were just miserable. He, you know, we were angry and frustrated and worried and so many things. And have you ever found yourself in your life starting over when you never thought you would have to, or you never dreamed you would find yourself in that particular position, whether it's divorce, whether it's um, pregnancy and loss, like there's just so many places. And and for me, it was turning 40. <laughs> it was the ending of a business that had been a very successful industry for 13 years. It was, ugh, it was everything. It was hard. It sucked. And I would never wish it on my worst enemy. Other than this, from the ashes and the rubble came a stronger marriage, came a fiercely independent woman. I became fiercely independent. I didn't ever want, I didn't want to be dependent on, on something or someone else for my happiness anymore. And that's a whole nother topic. So at 40, (laughs) we were starting over. We were two years into the bankruptcy and it's a seven year bankruptcy. So we were two years into it. And then I found out I was expecting my daughter. And so that was a high risk pregnancy, not just because I was 40, but, and overweight. Um, although I wasn't that overweight at the time, but just a little bit overweight. And, uh, it was a high risk because of my stress level. My stress level every single day was off the charts. I'm sure my blood pressure was already sky high and taking a pregnancy on with all of that. I just knew my, the minute I looked at my pregnancy test and it said positive, I thought that's not good because I'm pretty sure my blood pressure is high already. So there I was 40 starting completely over on every sense of the word, every, every sense of the word, a pregnancy, motherhood, my children, you know, I had a 10 year old, I had uh, a 18 year old and <laughs> we were well on the way to being done with kids and, and the stress of a younger child. Like it would, I just was like, Oh my gosh, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even. And not really even knowing what I wanted to do with myself, like trying to figure that out. And so what do you do when you're there? Like for me, it was prayer. It was prayer, desperate prayer, just trying to figure it out. I had gone back to making candles uh, wholesale. I had some wholesale accounts and I made a mean candle. I'm telling you, like it was, it was, we had some awesome candles. And so I knew I could do that. That was a skill I had. And so I picked up a couple wholesale accounts and so pregnant and stressed and all the things trying to, you know, get these accounts done. And I was, I had a friend that would come help me, but that was it. You know, I'd had 25 employees with the candle cap company, but this was all on me. And so I'm 40, (laughs) feeling like I'm 80 (laughs) and starting over with all the things. So the results were, of course, my daughter was born early had special needs. So that really tamped down after the first year. And we realized things were not a hundred percent normal with her. 
And I just thought it's because I forgot, like I forgot how hard it was. And I just, I don't remember them crying this much. And I don't remember them throwing up when they got upset and all the things I had no idea. Cause we'd had two very, uh, textbook, normal children, um, in their raising and the way they acted and behavior and all of that. And, and this was nothing like it. And so I'm like, it's a girl. This is the difference in having boys and girls. Like my mind went so many different places. And when she hit a year, it's like, okay, something's definitely not up to snuff. And, um, one of her pediatricians told me, I think you need to have her checked for cerebral palsy. And I broke down crying my head off thinking, Oh Lord, please don't add that to the, to the pie. Like, I just don't know that I can handle that. And that was like the worst thing I could imagine at the time. And the truth is she's very, she does have CP as it happens and she's very high functioning, but it definitely affected her gross motor skills. So she was not only behind because of being born early, but she was behind with everything like her, her mind and she's brilliant. Like she's freakishly crazy smart and literally almost a photographic memory, this child. And she's a wonder in so many ways. And she's the strongest human being I've ever known because she's overcome so much just to exist and thrives in her own little way. Um, but all of those things that we learned about her over those first couple of years were hard and brutal because it just added to the complexity of our life with her and trying to adapt and figure it out. And I was working at 11 o'clock at night till four in the morning. Mr. Fisher would get home from work, would get her ready for bed, family fed, dishes done, every, the house settled for the night. And then I would go out to my candle cave is what I called it. And I would work until two, three, four in the morning to get these orders done because it was the only time I could work. I couldn't have her out there uh, with her, you know, her issues and stuff. I couldn't have her out in the shop. And so I, that's how I worked. And I just remember thinking there has got to be a better life than this. And I am too old for this. <laughs> I can't remember how many times I thought that, ah, starting over. It was tough. It was brutal. It was, it was brutal. So I realized a couple years in that this was not going to work. And I needed something to change and I had to have something different, but I needed something I could do in the house where I was in my house with her and could literally do it for my phone. We have a very small home. And so I was like, I can't do something that has to have a lot of inventory. Heck, I couldn't invest in any inventory because we're in the final years of this bankruptcy, still just trying to make ends meet and get ahead. We had no retirement. We had no health insurance. We had, we had nothing like we were starting over from like we were brand new babies getting married. That's what it felt like. We had our home. We got to keep our, our little home and I'm so thankful for that. So there I was starting over at 40 and 41 and 42 and 43. And by the time I swung around to 44, I was done with where I was at. Like I knew I needed a change and the only way it was going to change is if I changed it. If I kept on the path I was at, nothing was going to be better. And when I looked five years ahead, I knew nothing was going to be different if I didn't change it right then. And so my mind shifted, my heart shifted and began to accept that things had to change. And sometimes that's where it starts, right? It starts, it starts from within. It starts from, gosh, I, I just can't stand this anymore. And it's a magical place to be. It's a hard place to be. And it is a scary as all can be place to be. And I was scared 
But I was more scared of where our future was going to go if I didn't work on changing something. And so a lot of you know the story. I was in Jackson, Wyoming on a mountain and I was fed up to the top and I said a prayer on the top of a mountain where I was literally at rock bottom at that point with Graceland and trying to figure out how we were going to manage this life with her being on the spectrum, being having CP and all of these things that she was going to need and not even knowing where to start with that and being older and tired. Gosh, I was just so tired all the time. And my marriage was struggling, major struggle bus. We were committed, but we were struggling. And it was hard every day. It was hard every day. And my mom and dad were aging and not in good health. And his business was suffering in California because of the massive recession at that time. And, you know, I'm like, if they need help, I can't give it to them. And I felt like the biggest Larry loser on the freaking planet at that time. And so broken and desperate, feeling like the biggest Larry loser, Linda loser you could find, I was in such a desperate place and I asked God to help me find something, something I could do from home. And here I am, you know, my weight had gone up considerably because major stress in my life. And so definitely not feeling like an influencer that could get up and take pretty pictures and slap it on my social media and earn money from selling products. You know, I didn't feel like that was the thing for me. at Like that was the furthest thing from my mind. But I started to try to explore, okay, reasonably, what can I do from home? Like what, what can I do from home? And so being an entrepreneur, knowing I can make something work. If I can find something I can get behind, if I can find something that I'm able to do, uh, I, I can, I can do this again. Oh, I was so tired though. And starting over was exhausting. It, it was, oh, I can't even begin to explain the level of exhaustion that I had because when you have a child with special needs and especially with the little, uh, cocktail of special needs that she has, which is sensory processing disorder on the spectrum and CP, it, it was like having a infant, all the time. So she aged and she grew and her mind grew, but emotionally and with her needs, like she didn't sleep through the night. So we were up all through the night. And, you know, when you have a kid, you always know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Usually by the time they're a year to two years, they're sleeping, you know, they're managing, they're growing, they're independent somewhat. And you can, you know, reasonably move through life without them like absolutely stuck at your hip. And that wasn't the case that time didn't come. And so I felt like I was dealing with an infant all the time and it was exhausting. It was, it was exhausting. We still have two other kids. One of them was in basketball. He was a sports star. Like there was all the things and I missed out on so much with that because we were so tied and then just all the things, life, right? Life and everybody has it and everybody goes through it and everybody's is different and it's a different potpourri of, uh, dysfunction or whatever you want to call it. Um, But I literally, again, rock bottom starting over. So in my prayers, I, I have always been in the network marketing industry, but I had like failed miserably at it. I had never, I had been in six, seven companies and I had never been successful. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no clue. I, I've gained some knowledge, step, some stepping stones and how to do it. But Lord, I just felt like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I thought that's one of the things I don't have to have inventory. It's a pretty minimal investment. And you usually have a turnkey business when you do it. 
So even if I wanted to go the route of an influencer, I could be an MLM influencer. And so I prayed for the right company. And I'm a praying girl. And when I pray, God hears me. And there came my company. And that was a product I could get behind, a product that I, I believed in. Most of all, I believed in the company and the family that was behind it. Their mission, their motto, which is, you know, giving back and gratitude and trying to leave the planet in a very good place, um, green and organic and um, vegan and all the things. It, it, it checked all the boxes. And so I jumped in, man. I bailed off that cliff and I was scared crapless and I'm not even going to lie about it. And I'm going to be completely honest. I was scared crapless, but I was more scared of nothing changing because that cliff was coming and I I, I didn't know how I was going to navigate that one. And so I jumped into the unknown and started a new business. <laughs> and I was well into my 40s at the time. And the most miraculous thing happened. It was the right choice, first of all. And as scared as I was, and as unprepared for it as I felt, and as unworthy as I felt, because I just felt like a worm milling around in the ashes of despair and all the drama, you know, cue dramatic music, dun, dun, dun. Um, that was me. But when you're at that place, the most amazing things can happen because you have not a lot of high expectations. And so everything's a win. Everything's a victory. And you build on that. And week by week, week by week, month by month, I gained more confidence and, and I learned the skills that I needed to learn and I worked my butt off and I showed my husband that I was trying and I was trying to, you know, in my head, right the wrong I had done to my family just because it was my business that cost us everything. And even if that was out of my hands somewhat, you know, what happened was really a lot of it out of my control I still felt responsible and it was a hard place to be. And so slowly but surely I climbed out of the pit and slowly but surely I built and built and built. And by God's grace, because of God's blessings and mercies, we're where we're at today. And now I'm staring at 50. <laughs> and as I look back over the decade <laughs> and all the new things that we experienced, gosh, I think more in this decade than any of them combined sweet fancy Moses, any of them combined. And is my life perfect? Heck no. Have I made 100% the best decisions? Heck no. And I probably never will because guess what? I am perfectly imperfect. And everybody is. And the sooner you realize that and embrace the changes that need to come to make your life better, it is with the knowledge and understanding that it'll never be 100% perfect. And that is okay. I can embrace that, learn from the mistakes I make, and embrace what is coming with a positive heart and mind, knowing it is my decade to make or break. Just like when that clock struck 40. <laughs> when the clock struck 40, it's like, what are you going to do? Your life sucks on almost every hand. You've failed, you're broken, you're miserable, you're at the, at the complete cliff of despair. What are you going to do with it? And I chose to start over. And that was the best freaking decision I could have ever made. 
and my family was there for me and my husband supported me 150%. He works this business with me. He doesn't work it like I do. We both have different tasks, but he works this business with me just as hard because it's a family effort. It's a team effort and my family, my family benefits from it. And so now on the eve of the clock striking 50, I look back at the clock striking 40 and as how much I dreaded it and how much I, oh, I hated it and I hated where I was at. We're getting ready to move in to our dream home. So y'all, and I'll show pictures like this, this time is coming. I'm working my way up to it. It's coming. Um, The home that we live in right now, and I'm not ashamed of my home. I want to make that very clear because I prayed for this little house that we live in. When we were broken or broke kids, <laughs> just trying to start out in life and starting our family, um, we I prayed for this place that I could have a little bitty home that was safe. We were in a neighborhood that was good. I wouldn't worry about my kids playing outside. And God answered that prayer and gave us the perfect little place. And if you come to our home right now, it's this little haven at the end of a cul-de-sac. Like it's, we have two and a half acres and it's just this little wondrous world. When you turn the corner, people are like, wow, I didn't even know this was down here. So it's the perfect little home. And my kids, I raised my boys here and they had a very happy, safe, healthy childhood. I love my little home. It's the house that grew my babies. Literally all three of my babies grew up in this home. But it's small. It's 1,260 square foot. <laughs> that is small for a family of five. We have outgrown it. <laughs> but we love this little place. It's, this little place is such a blessing to us. And I'm thankful for it. <clears throat> but I'm so grateful stepping from this home to our next home. And I am in 100% awe of what God blessed us with. And I marvel at where I was at when I was 40, thinking I will never have a bigger home. I will never, we were on, when, when this all happened, we had the floor plans decided we were pre-approved for a loan to go build our home. And we were just getting, we were looking for the land. Well, no, actually we had the land. We were just waiting on a few things to settle before we started building. And then the bankruptcy hit and all of those dreams went to the wayside. And I literally thought there, like, we're doing good to buy groceries and pay the light bill. There's no way I'm ever going to get to build a home ever. Like that's not going to happen. And, you know, don't ever put God in a corner. (laughs) Don't ever limit his ability because my goodness, you know, we're, we're, we're building our dream home. And because of this business, because of God's blessings in this business, we're building our dream home and it's paid for and we're moving into our dream home and it's paid for. And it's so much more than I ever thought I would ever have. And I'm so thankful. I am so obsessively thankful for what we have and that I had the strength to lift my head up enough to ask for help, to look for something else, to think that I at that age could start over. And to even think that I could be successful at that age. So many people feel like their life is kind of winding down. And I, I was like, oh, we're having to start over. Oh. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, this is not what I was planning at the age of 40. Like we had other plans for when we turned 40. But God had other plans for us. I learned a lot. I learned my marriage is a 
incredible gift and stronger than it's ever been. We still have our good days, bad days. That's normal, but stronger for it. And, and that's a gift considering when I was at 40, I was thinking it's over. Like this literally could mean the end of my marriage. And that's not where we're at. And when Gracie came along and I was like, oh my gosh. And then all the issues that came with it. And it's like, I am not equipped for this. I am not this strong. And God showed me I was wrong again. (laughs) I cannot start over. God showed me I was wrong again. And here we are. And we have a thriving business. And we're multiple, multiple seven-figure earners because of this business, because of, of being an MLM influencer. And if you're wondering what I mean when I say an MLM influencer, I'm going to do another episode on that. So be watching. That's dropping very soon to explain the difference in that. Um, because the MLM industry, although it has a very bad rap, has entered a new era. And it's a completely different ballgame than it was 10 years ago, even 20 years ago. And I'm going to share that. I'm going to talk about that because it's an important topic that I need to share. But for us, it changed everything. And and remember, when I started over, y'all, I sucked at it. Like, it's okay to suck at new things. Everybody sucks in the beginning. Uh, and it's true. Like, it's okay to suck. The The important thing is what you do to get up and grow through it. Because if you choose to, in life, you when things get hard and things get tough, you can't sit down and you can't turn around. You can't wind the clock back as much as we would all love to have a time machine in our garage and go back and fix the mistakes we made, change the decisions we've made. You don't, we don't get to. And so you can't sit down. You can't turn around. You move forward. And it's, it's, it's what defines you in how you do that. Do you choose to do it with strength? Do you choose to do it with grace? Do you choose to do it with some courage? Because it takes some courage to start over, to face a change in your life. And so... I chose starting over at 40 because that was such a defining moment in my life. And it's when everything came crashing down. (laughs) And that's usually when people are revving up and living it big and their kids are getting ready to go off to school and go off to college and they get a second wind and maybe they go back to a career. And and for me, it was we lost almost everything and everything crashed and burned. And I literally felt like a 19-year-old idiot child again trying to start my life over. And I learned a lot about myself, you know. And so I want to wind this down with, first of all, some positive affirmations for you, no matter where you find yourself in life, um, divorce, starting over in life alone, starting over in a career, starting over in you're an empty nester, your children are leaving the home. Now, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with myself? What does this even look like? It's scary, uncharted territory. Starting over is scary, uncharted territory. But I'm here to say, you can do it. You've got this. You are wonderfully made. You are capable. You are able. You have to decide that first. And then the sky's the limit. I am perfect living proof that you can start over and you can rock it out. So what does it look like for you? What does starting over look like for you? Is it a new job and career? Are you in a bankruptcy? Are your finances so desperate that you've got to make some changes or you're going under? Let me just share with you. (laughs) A large population of the American public is sinking in debt. And $300 a month can make or break them or keep them from bankruptcy. That is a statistic that is a scary one, but it's true. 
So where are you at and what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because the choice is up to you. And again, I'm just going to be your cheerleader and say, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm nothing special. I don't have special qualities or capabilities that made me some big master guru. (laughs) I'm just somebody that had the gift of desperation. A really good friend of mine, Eric Worre, told me that one time when he, the first time he ever interviewed me. And after the interview, we turned all the mics off and we were just chatting and he asked me and I told him all about my story and he said, you know, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound weird, but you have the gift of desperation. Because a lot of times we'll have good plans and intentions, right? And we'll think, oh, I want to do that. Someday I'm going to do that. I'm going to get around to that. I'm going to, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I want to do that. And you just never quite get off your hump and do it. And for me, (laughs) rock bottom Burning down in the ashes, I had the gift of desperation. I was desperate for something to change, and I had never heard it said that way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he is so right. Eric Worry, if you're listening to this, you were right, my friend. I had the gift of desperation, and because I was desperate, I had to make something happen. And so maybe you don't have the gift of desperation. You just have the gift of, I don't know what I want to do. Well, let me suggest a business. (laughs) Let me suggest if there's anything financially involved here that you're struggling or you're worried or if you look five years ahead or three years ahead and you say, I, I, I don't know how we're going to survive if everything stays the same. And you know what? If nothing changes, it's going to stay the same. It's, gonna, it's probably going to get worse. And so if nothing changes, nothing will ever change. You have to make the decision to try to step forward and to go after it. So a couple of suggestions, three tips. I'm just going to leave you with three tips if you're starting over with a business. We're going to start there because that was the catalyst for me and moving forward in my life with everything. Look for something you love. I mean, if you can figure it out, I don't know that there's very many people that would say, I love being a convenience store clerk, And, and maybe they do. But working, you know, graveyard shift and missing holidays and time with your family, most people don't necessarily love that. So look for something that you're not just living with and find something you love and figure out a way to make money doing it. And that almost sounds like a cheesy old quote, but it's true. Like find something you love and figure out a way to make money doing it. And then be realistic about the earning potential. So if you want to move to Hawaii and be a shell necklace maker, let's be honest, that's probably not going to be a booming career. (laughs) So you may love being by the beach, but is it going to get you in a better place financially? So figure out a, a sincere financial plan for it to make you money. Don't invest a ton of money and waste your time on something that's going to put you in a worse position in a year, three, five years from now. Okay, so figure out something you love to do, figure out a way to make money and make sure there is a solid business plan moving forward with it. And then number three, find your courage. Find your courage to really do it. Even if you're scared, start. Start scared. Start scared crapless. Start not quite 100% sure how you're going to do it, but start. It starts now. Your change and your starting over starts now. And it's never going to start if you don't just say, I'm taking the leap. There's a quote and I love it. It's like one of my favorites and I see it floating around all the time. And it's like, 
oh, but what if I fall? And then it's, oh, but my dear, what if you fly? So take the leap. What have you got to lose? If nothing changes, nothing will ever change. And so start over and start now. And I will be your biggest cheerleader, my friend. And I am the biggest example. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And anything, anything is possible. I hope you found value from this today. Thank you once again for tuning in to Unapologetically and the podcast. Gosh, here I am doing a podcast, y'all, at the age of almost 50. Who am I even? (laughs) Ten years ago, I would have never thought, yeah, you're going to do a podcast and people are actually going to listen on purpose. (laughs) So thank you for listening on purpose and being a part of my story and my change and my positive impact in the world. You know, it's it's important to me. It, It started for money because I needed my family to be okay. I needed a better living situation for our family and a better life, but it's turned into so much more. Being a voice for so many people that are desperate in the world to say, you can come from desperate places. You can do hard things and be okay. It's the biggest gift ever. It's the biggest gift ever. Find a way to contribute back somehow, some way, guys, because it's so rewarding. But if you found value in this, please share it. Please take a screenshot of the podcast, post it on your social media, tag me, and let your friends know that they need to go check it out. Starting the beginning of March, we're going to do a fan of the week. Uh, One lucky viewer on Mondays will get selected and they will actually get a $50 gift card from me for something fabulous. But I will not see it and it will not be eligible unless you screenshot it and post it and tag me. And I'm just Ann Fisher, A-N-N-E-F-I-S-H-E-R. All the platforms, go find me, tag me, share some love, show some love. Let people know they need to come check it out and maybe they'll find something that helps them step in the right direction and make a positive change in their life. That's truly my goal is to be an inspiration for all of you out there that a better life is waiting and you can have it. You can have it. I believe in you. And then leave a review because it helps more people to see it. If you're on iTunes, go in. If you're on Spotify, you're not, you can't go in and do a review that way. Unfortunately, maybe someday they'll get with the program, figure it out. But if you're on iTunes, go in and leave a review, love me some five-star reviews, and then actually leave an actual review. And that helps get the podcast in front of more people and just helps with our overall message. So I would appreciate it so much. I love your freaking faces. And I hope you have the most positive, fabulous day ever. Thanks for tuning in.